Neil, thanks very much for, for talking to us today. It's great to see you and, you know, challenging times for everyone. And, and how are you dealing with it in terms of having to talk to the players, your coaches, on a day-to-day basis? Um, yeah, I mean, a, a few of the players are back in the home country, so they're the ones that are furthest away. So try to keep in touch with them and just see how they're getting on, how they're coping with the, the lockdown. Um, in terms of the players that are here, you know, we, we've all got individual training programs, um, very strict and rigid, and they all have to report in on a an app that the fitness coaches and the physios are overlooking. So we get a, a timetable and how much work they've done and, and how much time they've done it in. So that's working well for us in terms of their individual training programs, but Obviously, there's no group sessions, and that's the most difficult thing for a player at the minute, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a player and as a manager, you've seen a lot in, in your time in football, but this, is, I'm guessing, must be the, the biggest challenge and certainly the most unique challenge that nobody's ever had to deal with before. Yeah, it's it's, it's awful what's going on you know, around the world, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely unique. Um, and it seems... An age away since we last played our game, our last game against St Mirren at home. So I think in terms of keeping the players motivated, keeping the players occupied, I think their own self motivation is still very, very strong. And the only thing they're asking me is, you know, when can we get back to training as a group? You know, when can we all start back again? But obviously, no one has an answer to that at the minute. Yeah, I mean, it'll be frustrating for for them and for you as well because when you think of the the form that we were on, particularly in 2020, I mean, they would just be desperate to play because it was just phenomenal. Yeah, we were in superb form. You know, the I thought, you know, the first half of the season was superb as well. The second half of the season was just as good. You know, we'd, particularly domestically, you know, we'd only dropped two points in, in so many league games. And obviously, we're making a, a brilliant challenge again for the, the Scottish Cup. We're in the semi-final. But the form that they were in, you know, since the turn of the year was blistering. And, um, you know, we even in our last game, we scored five against St. Mern at home. And that was just a, a sort of fine example of the form that we had. It's a difficult thing to do at that stage of the season as well. But, um, you know, mentally and physically, they're in a, a fantastic place. And I was delighted with individual performances, but also the team as a, as a collective is outstanding. Yeah, because I think I said to you before, when you, when you just look at the, the comparison to last season, we're, we're 10 points better off. We've scored 141 goals, which I think is 37 more than last season. And we're playing the sort of football that Celtic fans love and have used to seeing the kind of Celtic way. Yeah, I mean, attacking-wise, you know, and even defensively, you know, as a as a unit, we're functioning great. We even changed the... The formation and they were very flexible with that as well and adapted to that brilliantly. Um, the football we were playing was, you know, fast, free flowing, and we were scoring a lot of goals, as you say. And you know, our goal difference was, you know, seventy, which you know, in this day and age is a, a huge turnaround. Um, I was so pleased with, you know, players coming back from injury as well. You know, we actually had one injury. At that stage, and that was to the Michael, um, out of the whole group. So, in terms of their fitness levels and their appetite for playing, and the, the, at that stage, they're the real bit between the teeth. And um, 
you know, we were just, you know, rampaging through the league at the time. And obviously we don't we don't really know what's going to be happening in terms of Scottish football. We've seen what's happening with the, the other leagues, the Championship League 1 and 2, but, you know, I know the players, as you say, they just want to get back on the pitch. They want to play the games. We're 13 points clear, eight games to go. We're going for that nine in a row. And the form we were in, you know, I think we were unstoppable. Yeah, we want to play, you know, if we go back and play the games, you know, I think we'll have to underline that. I think everyone at the club, players, myself, my backroom staff, fans, want to play the games. Whether that can be achieved or not is another thing. Um, but, you know, they're the ones who have lost out the most, really, um, in terms of the opportunity to play in front of the supporters. You know, we were going for nine in a row. We were going for another, you know, quadruple trip. Um, and it's... I, I feel so sorry for them, you know, at this stage in terms of football and sense of view. Hopefully that can be, you know, lit up again. You know, at some stage we can start it up again. But if not, then we'll have to wait and see what happens and what the outcomes of that's going to be. You know, listening to Nicholas Sturgeon yesterday, you know, that was, you know, a bit discouraging, you know, about mass gatherings. And, um, you know, we've, we've got a mandate for the 10th of June to, at the minute where we can sort of maybe start back in, in training and in, in groups of more than 10 maybe but um, at the minute it's all up in the air Paul and no one really has an answer to when we can start back Yeah and just as you said the players and I've spoke to some of the players and well it's frustrating for them I think they are enjoying that, that kind of remote competition that the, the physios and, and Jack Naylor and John Curry are setting up for them and they need to keep that competitive edge don't they? Well they're competitive animals you know and at the minute I don't know uh, how they cope with it because you know I I just think of myself even as a manager but as a player it must have been so difficult and it must be so difficult to you know train on your own but at least you know with a little bit of competition and a little bit of banter going on between the players then there is a bit of motivation for them um, you know that competitive instinct they'll never lose and that's a great thing to have Yeah I mean I spoke to the John Kennedy a couple of weeks ago and he was saying that Obviously, some of the, the coaches have been getting involved in that. But also, he, he was saying that you enjoy uh, a, a quiz as well. That's kind of a competitive edge for you as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I can compete physically with the players anymore. But, uh, yeah, we have a little staff quiz when we're all together. You know, um, we get two teams organised and it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, Damien Duff comes up with a few cracking questions as well for us on, on the WhatsApp group. So... Yeah, that keeps you sort of like stimulated. Right. Can, can I give you a question then and you can give it to the guys? Yeah. Okay, so we've won the League Cup 19 times the last time was this season. Uh, what was unique about the League Cup win in 1997, 98. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was unique? So I, I can leave that one with you, and you can you can tell you can ask the guys, and then I'll tell you I'll tell you once we're finished what the answer is. And then you All right, know. brilliant. I'll leave the answer. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of in terms of this season, obviously the League Cup win your first uh, triumph in that tournament as a manager. That's been one of the highlights. But it, what have been the highlights for you so far this season? There've been so many. Obviously, with a great Euro campaign in the in the group stage, um, you know, going to Lazio and winning. I think that was very very special for everyone associated with the club, and not just the win, just the manner of the win as well. You know, we also topped the group. 
and we you know we topped we won the group with uh, a game to spare and I thought that was you know us moving forward as a group you know certainly in from a Europe perspective you know domestically they've been absolutely fantastic um, you know the League Cup you know was the one trophy that I hadn't won so it was great to get that one over the line and in the manner we did it was was quite dramatic as well and, and special um, you know there's so many highlights you know being 4 0 up at Podology at half time, you know, just playing some scintillating football and, you know, winning the, the first, you know, derby of the season, you know, under immense pressure. Um, and the emergence of some players, you know, the likes of Fringpong, you know, that was a real highlight. And then the consistency of, you know, your Brown, your McGregor's, your Edwards, your Christie's, your Forrest's, uh, Julianne came in and did a, you know, had a great first. First season, Chris Ayer had a great season. So there's so many individual players to choose from as well in terms of if you're looking for a you know, standout player of the year, there's so much competition there and the consistency of the team, um, the way they sort of embraced our, our ideas and how we wanted to play, um, whether it be a 4-3-3 or then they change the system in the second half of the season. And just the camaraderie and the will to win. You know, that stands out for me. I mean, it was incredibly consistent. Again, you know, going for another treble, which, I mean, was just remarkable in this day and age when you think about it. So they're a special group and it's been brilliant working with them and, you know, I can't wait to work with them again. Yeah, I mean, when you start to list some of the, just some of the players that have played well this season, it gives you an indication of how tough it is for fans to choose their player of the year. And obviously, for diplomatic reasons, the, the management team can't really name an individual player but I think it is quite a tough choice for everybody this year Yeah, everyone will have their own sort of uh, favourites and their own reasons why but um, I mean like you know, the players that I've mentioned already you could throw a blanket over them you could throw Ollie and Cham in there as well who you know, was playing brilliantly um, before the the season stopped so yeah I think it's a measure of how well we've done that <clears throat> you could have a list of, of individual players for the player of the year Yeah, In terms of the goal of the season do you have a particular favourite goal? I think the most significant one would probably be Ollie's and and then probably Chris Julian's in the cup final as well uh, you know because they were two standout moments but um, <clears throat> Callum McGregor's goal at Fair Park was a great goal you yeah. know it was a brilliant individual uh, sorry team goal you know great player between Ollie Ryan Jamesy and a magnificent finish I mean Odson's probably got his own sort of list of Brilliant goals, you know, individual goals. His first goal, I think, the, the, the first goal up at Pudodri. I mean, you know, he just goes on one of those amazing runs and finishes it brilliantly. You know, you could put that in there as well. Um, there's just so many again, Paul. I mean, I don't know how many goals we had scored in the in the league up until now, but there was a, a plethora of outstanding goals along the way. Yeah, it's interesting you, you were saying about Callum's goal for parking. Again, we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and he... You know, you change, kind of changed up the formation when we came back after the winter break, and he really enjoyed that. He thrived on it, and he kind of, you know, he was it was allowing him to move forward and get into more goal-scoring positions. Well, it, it, he definitely has that in his game, and um, you know, we don't want to make him you know too defensive as a player because he's got so much creativity, ingenuity going forward, and you know, really good finisher as well. I was, you know, he was immense this season in, in more ways than one and um, yeah, that, that goal for me it just stands out because some of the, the player was one touch stuff which we 
you know, work on every day. And then it was a magnificent finish as well. Yeah. I mean, you think, obviously, James Forrest was involved in that goal. When you think of the likes of him and Scott Brown, they've been there throughout this whole eight-in-a-row run. And, again, that's testament to their quality because it's always that great saying that Tommy Burns said was that, you know, bad players don't stay long at Celtic Park. And there's a reason why those two players have stayed for so long and done so well. Ah, it's incredible. You know, we're talking about consistency over almost a decade. You know, playing week in, week out, year in, year out, under immense pressure and thriving in that environment. Um, and I know from my own experiences, you know, what a great place to play and it is, but how the competition is huge and the pressure and expectation on you is huge. And for those two to be in with chance for nine in a row and winning all those titles and, and domestic honours and, and playing at Champions League level, playing at European level, they're modern day greats for me, and um, you know I'm hoping we. I hope to see them soon. I hope to see them back on the pitch real soon. But uh, yeah, the two outstanding, outstanding servants of the club, no question. That. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I suppose finally, and, and again, it's something we've said to everybody that at this time, I mean, the message is obviously to stay at home, stay safe. But it's it's when you really appreciate the, the kind of work that you know people on the front line, doctors, nurses, people in care homes that. The sort of work that they're doing day in, day out for all of us, you know, it's hard to put into words how much you appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, they're putting their life on the line, Paul. This is a, you know, a virus that, you know, it's news. There's no ready-made cure for it. And these people are going out there, you know, helping to save lives day in, day out and putting their own life and health at risk. And it's amazing, you know, things that we probably took for granted for a long time in our lives is, all suddenly changed and um, my thoughts and prayers are with them all the way as the Celtic support would would echo that as well um, and we're hoping that this comes to an end sooner rather than later and we can get back to some kind of normality for all of us but these these people deserve our you know unbelievable thanks and gratitude yeah and as you say hopefully we get to see you and and the guys back at Celtic Park before too long. But thanks very much for, for taking the time to talk to us, Neil. I can't wait, Paul. See you soon. Thanks very much. Cheers. Hail, hail. Hail, hail.